Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're talking about a couple more Oscar-nominated movies, The Irishman and 1917. Yeah, I almost feel bad that we're not giving all of these their their own own, um, episode, but there's just so many and we do not have time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, last year they all came out pretty, like, like all across the year. And this year they all came out at the same time, so it was like real. Yeah. So like, what the heck? So we we really didn't give a lot of time, and Emily took absolutely ages to watch The Irishman. So that's the reason why it's taken us so long. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, uh, yeah. It's been <laughs> it's been actually two months since I've seen this movie. Like actually, um, I watched it like Thanksgiving weekend. So that's what we're working with here, you guys. Did yes. Oh my- gosh yes oh, i wow. did like i oh, popped wow. on that because i knew i wasn't gonna watch it if i didn't get it done and of course i watched it oh, with my, my boyfriend gosh. apparently um his family really loves the book the irishman so they were just very excited about the movie so is the book called the irishman or is it called i heard you paint houses because it's, in all the trivia i was reading it's it called said... i heard you paint houses okay 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 yeah yeah okay all right. Which was the title in the movie as well. Did you notice that? It, it like, just came up rant. I thought it was almost like, like, chapter one, you know? Yeah. Like, a, like a chapter or I something. I thought that or like as a well. Prelude. Like, I didn't, I mean, maybe it was just a little cameo for the, for the title of the book because it wasn't called, like, the title of the movie wasn't called the title of the book. So they had to put it in somehow. Sure. Um, but, I mean, they said it plenty of times in the beginning to where you know someone who's read the book and knows of the book would have understood yeah so. yeah but, totally but whatever you know it was it was uh i i really i, I like that saying i heard you paint houses it's and great because you know exactly what the, it means you know and then the gunshot and the blood is like painted the walls like it's that's it's clever it's, it's clever d- I, yeah I, I was like all right I get it. I get it. I know. That's clever. That's clever and morbid. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess we're going to talk about the Irishman first. Right? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> so I think we both we both watched this in in two halves. Yep. We totally right? did. Totally. Um. I I had plenty of time to f- to finish it the time that I started, but I just I don't know. I really needed a break. Like, I don't know if it was just <laughs> it needs it was, an intermission, like Gone with the Wind does. Yes, yes. I mean, 
And and it was crazy, like, if I ever give this a second watch, which at this point I really don't think I will for a while, but <laughs> if I ever do, I want to try and watch it all in one sitting because spreading it out, it felt like two separate movies. Like, it was just... Yeah, yeah. Because there, there were just two different feelings. Like, during the first half, you're kind of, like, just meeting everyone. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone was getting all smitten with each other, and it was all, like, fine. And then the second half was, like, very tense and very, like, just boisterous with, like, all these very, like, these tensions rising and, like, all that stuff happening. So it just, it was two, two very different feelings mm-hmm. watching both halves. Yeah, I agree so with you. Weird. Yeah, and it was, like... Yeah, like, introducing, and they're also kind of, like, younger in the beginning, although they're, like, popping back between when they're older, um, and then towards the end, it doesn't really pop back to when they're older as much, because they're obviously the age that, um, they're talking about in the book, so it's, like, or in the, like, in the story, so, like, we have all all these, like, popping back between old and young situation going on and it's kind of like oh okay when was this you know how was this the beginning of everybody's tales together um certainly with joe pesci and robert de niro yeah and with with the whole de-aging thing that's like the only thing that anyone seems to talk about with this movie um how old were they supposed to be when they were at their youngest i was hearing like 30s or like but but they looked like they were like 40 or 50 yeah, like, I mean, I definitely think so, it, it was, like, 40s. I, I, I can't tell you. Just basically what it looked like to me was not really 30s. I thought he looked a little bit too old to be 30. Like, especially Robert De Niro. It's, like, really hard to de-age him. Um, yeah, and and even with the lot of the bouncing of the different time frames, it was, like, the the aging seemed so slight that I that sometimes I had to kind of think like okay his hair looks a lot darker in this scene and then it only looks a little bit darker in this scene and yeah. it like and and like there's a little bit of gray in his hair in this scene so it was like i had to i had to really figure out maybe what time frame they were because it, it doesn't tell you like it's really just hopping around which was yeah. still fine yeah, i mean it's fine they, they really just drop you in and expect you to pick things up along the way and and i i got it like it, it was fine mm-hmm yeah, I mean, you could totally understand what, like, when the time was that this stuff was happening, because it was just, like, kind of going along with, like, several stories. Because first we, we start off with the oldest version of um, Frank Sheeran, Robert De Niro, um, who is, I guess, supposed to pass off as an Irish person. Um, he just... He looks way too yeah. Italian for me. It's, like, really hard for me to, like, not think of... And even with the blue contacts, it, it's, like, they're not, is, <laughs> you yeah. know... Which is why at one point I thought the Irishman wasn't... Him? Wasn't pertaining to him. Because oh. at, at, one point, at one point they call Kennedy, like, a red-headed, like, Irish, Irishman or something. Or, like, uh-huh. they, they uh-huh. Like, reference him to the Irish. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, like, oh, so maybe this is, like, just about Kennedy. But, like, no. But, that, but then at one point they call Frank, like, Irishman. Yeah. Or something. Or, or Irish. They call him, I don't know, whatever. It they, really has a lot of mirroring, um, especially Goodfellas. Uh, because in Goodfellas, it's about the Italian mob, similar to this movie, um, where f- for, uh, Ray Liotta is, um, he's the, he's not 
Italian, but they welcome him into the into the the mob. And so it's kind of like a similar thing where it's like a young person gets kind of indoctrinated in because they like him, you know. Yeah, so th- that was so that was the premise of Goodfellas. That was also the premise of this. Both of them. It's like it's like it's a so somebody who's kind of an outsider, but they like take an interest with them, and like yeah, I love Goodfellas. Like compared to I this need to watch movie that again, ugh. I have not seen it. Goodfellas I is I, I amazing. I love we that saw movie. It, we saw it in Study of Film, right? Yeah, we did. Um, and I, I've watched I it. Do not remember that. I've watched it several times since then because it's like. It's such a good movie. It's it's definitely my favorite Scorsese. Um, I think it's way more fast-paced and interesting than this movie was. Um, just this movie wasn't as much my cup of tea as, as like, Goodfellas. No. Yeah, um, I don't feel like it was my cup of tea as well, which is why, you know, I probably wouldn't watch it for a while. I mean, I'm glad I watched it. I can appreciate it. Um, it yeah. It was a... It was a very well-told story with some really fantastic actors. Um, but yeah, not really. I also don't really think mob movies are like my cup of tea. I, I can't really think of a mob movie that I've seen that I heavily, heavily enjoyed. I mean, I really enjoy Goodfellas, and I really enjoy The Godfather. Um, oh, that's right. I do, I do remember liking The Godfather. Again, I, I gotta give that a second watch, too, because we watched that in Study of Film, too, right? Yeah. And I've only seen it once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Oh man, you know. Uh, so I guess let's get into our uh, let's get into our three three main men here. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, Robert De Niro who plays Frank, who uh, who seems kind of like his character was a little interesting to me. He was very reserved, um, observant. And, a little uh, bit violent, kind of, ki- kind of silent, yeah, violent. But uh, he was kind of like a like a yes man or like a go a gopher. Like he just kind of mm-hmm. he just kind of did what he was told. But it didn't really seem like he knew. Like I mean, he he knew what was happening, but like he always just seemed kind of like yeah, sure, I'll do this, whatever. I don't really care about the consequences or whatever. Like whatever. You um, know, only until the end that he had right. to like think about it. You know. Yeah, and then he had, yeah, he basically had to backstab his, uh... His friend. Uh, a really good friend, a good friend of his. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I also really enjoyed the, the time stamps and, like, the way that people would die. Like, they would put those time stamps over oh, people's faces when you yes. first met them. That I, was very funny. Yeah. Those were very hilarious. Yeah. And it just, it just showed, like how disposable people were Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. and just you're seeing them now but they're definitely gone by the time this movie ends and it's just and it it's really hilarious yeah i really thought that was hilarious that was a good touch in terms of like uh making the the whole story actually within the context of real life because this is a um this is a story that's not it's kind of like fabricated reality um but there was a person named jimmy hoffa uh who ended up getting uh who disappeared so they obviously think that he was killed by the mob um and and the union and everything he ran the union he was like a real person so like this this the book is based based on real events um but the movie is based on the book so it's kind of like a it's like a fabrication of reality, you know, or like a, an imagining of what maybe it was like. 
Interesting. Okay. Okay. Because I, I really like the summary that IMDb has on here. It's just, it just, it's very simple. It just says, a mob hitman recalls his friend Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm wow. Like, that's, and that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in very few words. In few words. That's the <laughs> four hour words. movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, yeah. Very, very short and sweet and uh, eloquent. Um, so yeah, then yeah, we so, have uh, so, Joe Pesci, right? Who, who I think just shined the brightest yes. in this movie. I hundred percent agree. I loved his character. He was so. Mm-hmm. He was so like so calm and suave and still like kind of scary, yeah. but like very. Like, very, very enthusiastic, yet, like, yet, but serious. Like, I don't know. He just, like, you could tell he cared about something, like, just, just as much as he could, but then there were just circumstances to where he had to just, he had to just do these things. And it's just, I, I loved watching him. Yeah. I I loved, and he's such a cute, such a cute little old man. (laughs) Yeah. I I loved watching him. He was. He was so great. I I think this is definitely one of the best performances of his career. I mean, it was, he is impeccable in this movie and he really just, yeah, you're right. That personality that he has that like kind of, he makes you feel like he makes, especially Frank, uh, feel like completely indebted to him at all times by being just nice to him. And it like, it's amazing. Everyone who does that. Yeah. And, and and it's like you, you want him to help you because he, he is effective and he is nice Mm -hmm. about it. And he, Mm -hmm. and he does, he does want to help you with your interests and your, and your situation. So it's like, yeah, but it's, but like, you do not want to, you do not want to upset him or else he's, He's, he's going to kill you. <laughs> he's he's going to kill you. <laughs> well, I love it because we have that, like, he they're kind of disarming in the beginning of the movie because we have Frank and uh, Russell, which is Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro, uh, together driving their, like, second wives, um, like, across the country to go to the, the wedding of um, his cousin, Ray Romano. Um, and we have that, like in the beginning of the movie and then it's like throughout the beginning of the movie like the first half is like the women too like taking all their smoke breaks and he's like i won't have you smoke it in my car and they're they're doing it anyway and they have to like pull yeah, over so they can have a smoke break <laughs> yeah it's very comedic because yeah they want to smoke literally every two minutes and they're not getting anywhere like, no. on this trip. It is clear <laughs> that it's taking so long because we have to keep watching all these bits and parts of them going on this train, you know, like on this, this like, road trip of theirs. Yeah, and it's just, it was just so, it was so, it was, like, written so great how everything just kind of, like, came full circle at the very end because, cause like, yes, as this, like, long and, like, just, just road trip is happening, you're just hearing about all the ins and outs and all of the relationships that were formed, all the friendships that were formed and all the people that were killed. And then right at the very end, when you just, when everyone comes back together again and then, and then Al Pacino dies. Spoilers. What? <laughs> so, Jim, Jimmy Hoffa dies. If you didn't yeah, know Jim, from yeah, history. Right, right. 
Yeah. Alpha dies. Which I guess would be a good time to talk about Al Pacino because how unrecognizable was Al Pacino in this movie? I have I seen a movie with Al Pacino in it? Yeah, he's in he's in Godfather, isn't he? Yes. No. Yes, he's yes. in Godfather. Okay. Yes. Okay. He's okay. so hot what in Godfather. I, I mean, I I'm gonna say it. He is. Yeah, he's like he's he's very young and he's getting married, isn't he? Yeah, he marries um yeah, he marries Diane Keaton. And isn't he also in isn't he the one who's or am I thinking of He's in the else? second one Godfather Scarface. as well. I wanted to see Scarface. I've never seen Scarface. No, Scarface is um uh what's his name? Um it's not Al Pacino. It's uh Sylvester Stallone. No. Is Al Pacino no. got got Stark Scarface? I'm looking at his uh, his his filmography right now, and it says he's in Scarface. Oh, okay, as, okay. So that's him. Yes, as I, Tony I, Montana. Yeah, is that, his, is that it? Scarface's name? Okay. I guess so. I've never seen Scarface. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm bad. I'm bad. I haven't seen it. That that's okay. There, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff we haven't seen. But you know, there's still time. Still time to watch them all. Um. But yeah, definitely some like pretty pretty much all the stuff that I've been hearing about this movie, which uh, which the only I read a couple articles and then I listened actually to uh, NPR's uh, pop culture happy hour oh, huh? where they talked about where they talked about the Irishman and, and 1917, and um, and people were really raving about this movie like not like not just because of the de aging stuff and and all that craziness, but like also about the nostalgia. Like these are some very like well-known like mobster actors mm-hmm. and and all coming together and they actually made a funny reference that you know the whole situation where Scorsese said <laughs> he didn't like Marvel movies because they're garbage yeah um and they actually made a comparison that <laughs> Irishman is kind of like the Avengers <laughs> of, <laughs> of like of like mobster movies <laughs> Oh my god. I totally agree. Yes. Yeah. Because you have all these people that you've just seen in all these other movies mm-hmm. about all these other different mobsters coming together for yep. the ultimate, ultimate mobster showdown movie. Like, I know. I, I know. It's crazy. And I, I couldn't help but laugh. I was like, that's that's amazing. And that's, that's exactly what this so is. That's so hilarious. That's an amazing comparison. I love it so, so much. You know what, Scorsese? You do like Marvel films because <laughs> you basically made one. Well, um, I, I do love that you can look at pretty much any of these actors and just be like, they're in all these other things. I mean, there's a literal handful of people from Boardwalk Empire in this movie. And that was a Scorsese show. Um, we've got... Uh, Bobby Cannavale and Jack Houston for sure. Like they were both in. Oh yeah, and he played, a, he played Bobby Bobby Kennedy or something, right? Jack Houston. Oh yeah, he, Robert Kennedy. Yeah, Bobby, Robert Bobby Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he that was really funny, and we've got like some great actors. I mean, of course, I, I love seeing Anna Paquin in this, but you know, she she was kind of a strange, older version of Peggy. But um, she didn't like. She didn't have like any lines. She was just like upset the entire time. Well, yeah, and I thought that something more was going to happen with her later, since they since they heavily showed her as like a kid, you know, observing everyone and knowing that whatever is happening is yeah. wrong. Yeah. But then, but then not doing anything with it except for you know just you know uh, being not being a disappointment, but you know like 
making Robert, like, making Frank Sheeran sad that, like, his own daughter won't talk to him, but he was just never really around to be a father anyway. So, I mean, that's a little disappointing, and and that's what a lot of people are saying, too. Like, Anna Paquin's an Oscar winner. (laughs) Give her more to do. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) fucking true, you know? Like, and I even saw online that, like, people were like, maybe she could get nominated for Best Supporting Actress, and I was like... Uh, I mean, sure, but she, like, doesn't do anything. Like, she just looks dissatisfied, like, most of the movie. No. I just, like, I don't, I, you know, eh. Sure, she's a great actress. She's an Oscar-winning actress, but it's like, come on. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to just shout out, I love Jesse Plemons, I'm glad he was in this movie, and uh, Ray Romano, obviously, and uh, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel was in it, too? Yeah, what, who is this guy? I kept seeing his name around. I I swear I don't know anyone. (laughs) Oh, this guy, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You remember Taxi Driver? He's the poo. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Remember we raved about Harvey Keitel and Taxi Driver only like a couple months ago? Yes, okay, okay. I just didn't know his name. Okay, okay. He's in the Grand Budapest Hotel? Yeah, dude. Oh my goodness. like everybody else. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I just I need to learn these names. People are like, like all the all the greats are in this movie. This person, this person, and I'm like, I'm like, oh gosh, I should know who this is. <laughs> oh man! But wow, man, I really need a I really need a, a mob movie uh, class or something. Rundown, or just yeah, rundown, marathon, all of it. Uh, sure, any of it. <laughs> um, uh, that's funny. Let's see what what else is there. I really enjoyed um, the soundtrack in this. It was mm-hmm. very, uh, especially the site. Si- what's the song called? The silent, silent in the night, or something, or it happens silent at night, or whatever it's called. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And there was, I was reading an article about why that song was chosen, and it's kind of like you know they do all their killing in what's it called. In the still of the night, that song plays in the beginning and at the end. Uh huh. Um, and I also just loved a lot of you know the the older songs and this that just you know they're all just very beautiful. Yeah, it really like places it in the time that it's in. Um, kind of has that pacing, uh, adds it to it. Um, what I really thought was interesting was a lot of people were not. Um, impressed with this movie and I can I can see why because they're not it's not a lot of action in this movie it's kind of like a lot of conversations like really tense conversations you know and it's not I understand that with some people it's like not like a typical mob movie because all these men are too old to do any of the stuff well, yeah, and you can't have a lot of action, like, with, with old guys. I mean, I felt like, I felt like a lot of the, even the shoot 'em up scenes were very, like, strategic, and, because, you know, they wanted it to be done cleanly, and they can't go, they can't go making a huge mess or making a huge ruckus. Like, I mean, that's not, that's not the point. You need to just get it done and get them out. Yeah. So, I, yeah. so even, a, even a lot of, like, the quick, like, walk-behinds and shoots in the side of the head or the back of the head, like, it felt very realistic and still very like even though I saw it coming I mean I don't know I guess I wasn't really expecting a whole bunch of 
of action in this, I guess, which is surprising because you'd think yeah. there would be, but it doesn't mean it needed it. There's three old white men as the lead. Like, there's not going to be a lot of, like, movement. It's kind of like a slow, like, it, but the thing is, like, Scorsese, like, works around what his actors can do, even when there's, like, the de-aging thing. It's like, they don't really do a lot of movement um yeah because even a lot of the scenes that i was seeing uh de niro in like even though he was he was at a younger age he still like moved like he was 70 like <laughs> no it's it like he, he kind of like tripped as he was like kicking the grocery man like and he is kind of like hobbling over like i was like okay <laughs> this is definitely like this is definitely a 70 year old man like kicking this guy right I now know, i know <laughs> and it shows yeah and, like I don't know, the, the de-aging didn't make him look much younger anyway, so they all just seemed like old mm-hmm. men through the entire movie I didn't know. anyway. They so, just so it didn't matter. <laughs> they were old for like 50 years. They were old for 50 years. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and and a lot of people were saying that De Niro's like kind of de-aging, he looked a bit too smooth and, uh, uh, yeah. and, his, eye, and his eyes looked a little dead. Like, his... Yeah. Like, I don't know. His eyes were very light, and they didn't... I mean, I guess we didn't see him very well, because he had glasses on when he was in the in the wheelchair. Um, but that wasn't but a like, problem. When he was, like, an old man, that was okay. It was, like, the young Well, spot. yeah. <laughs> I just... I don't know. His, his, eyes, his eyes were very piercing, and it was a little uncomfortable. It was weird, because we're not used to that eye color on him, and then, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, like, did the... Did the original... So was Frank Sheeran based off a real person or no? He was kind of like a fabrication. I don't really know. I'm sorry. I'm not really aware. No, it's all right. If anyone knows, let <laughs> let us know. I'd love to know more about this uh, book, Heard You Paint Houses. I love the title. Like, yeah. I love that. It's a great title. <laughs> Yeah. I kind of agree with De Niro that the, that the the movie title should have been I Heard You Paint House. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I don't know why it was called The Irishman. I think it's not really necessary. Um, I feel no. like this one is warranting at least looking a little bit at the, the trivia because I feel like we could we could learn something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was definitely looking at some of it. Um, apparently, the house in the very beginning was the house in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Or awesome. Oh, okay. Okay. I see that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's great. Um, and then there was the one where I think uh, Joe Pesci had to come out of retirement to do this role because he he refused to do it like a million <laughs> times apparently. What? Yeah, he had. Yeah, he had. He was. He was like, "No, nah, I'm golfing. I'm retired. Leave me alone." Oh and, my god! And, and, and he gets an he, Oscar nomination. And then he gets an Oscar. <laughs> I know everyone's like, "Thank goodness Joe Pesci came out of retirement <laughs> to do this role." Oh, I love you. I love it. Oh, he was my favorite. I loved his character so much. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, House appears at the beginning of the film is the same uh, in Goodfellas. Uh, yeah, it says, okay. Uh, yeah, I think they were supposed to look like 40, 40 and 50, I guess, maybe, with the Uh-oh. de-aging. Okay. it's kind of what the trivia says. Uh, I'm going to read the um, little thing about the whole American-Irish thing, Italian-Irish thing. Um, It says, although Robert De Niro was always Scorsese's first choice for the role, when Scorsese originally proposed this project to Paramount, both Liam Neeson and Pierce Brosnan, both of whom were actually Irish, were briefly considered as alternate choices in case Robert De Niro wasn't available and uh, was asked to take on the role of Russell Bofalino after Joe Pesci initially proved reluctant. 
reluctant. But then eventually um, they both said they would. So it didn't make a difference. And then Netflix said they would produce this movie, even though um, various other um, uh, production companies said that no one wants to see a movie with Robert De Niro as the lead anymore. (laughs) What? Yeah. They said that? Yeah, that's that's like other places. That's what it says. And then Netflix was like, no, we'll do it. (laughs) Oh, man. I love Netflix. Man, you gotta take these chances on these films, man. Uh Uh-huh. You gotta... Oh, and another thing that the that the NPR podcast talked about was um, one of the there were four people on the like there was like the two main people and then two guests I guess, and one of the people were saying that you know they think you know a lot of movies coming out on Netflix now and having like very limited releases just so that they can be nominated for Oscars you know people kind of complain that yeah. you know this movie should have been on the big screen it like it didn't have as much of an impact to them and I I've, I disagree. I mean, yeah, you have all of these great resources to make movies and see movies now that I, I'm sorry, but th- I feel like the theater is so overrated now. Like, I just don't even want to go anymore. I'm such an anti like theater goer. Like <laughs> what? I would. I feel like, you know why people freak me out. And oh, I know. I feel like. I know. Like, it's it's just not a good experience anymore. It's not fun for me. Like, I, mm-hmm. I go because I enjoy the podcast, and I want to see these movies, and I want to give them, and I want to give them the money. Yeah. Obviously, that's why I go. Yeah. Um, I don't go to be around other people. Um, and um, so, you know, saying that this movie doesn't have as much of an impact, unless it's not on the big screen, I think is just harsh to say, because if a movie is good enough, it should have an impact on any screen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be on the big screen. I agree with you, and it's it's nice to see these movies at home, and I think more people have watched The Irishman uh, because it is at home, and I, I see that's why Scorsese wanted to do it. He wanted people to go see his movie. He probably thought, if, pe- if I put this in theaters, not as many people are going to go see it, and that's true. Yeah. Definitely. Like, more people are watching this movie because it is on Netflix. Like, more, you know? Because they have access yeah. to it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's true. I agree. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, I have to read this this funny uh, trivia. The word fuck yeah. and all its permutations are used 136 times. This marks the sixth film directed by Martin Scorsese. Scorsese to contain more than 100 uses of the word after Raging Bull, 114 uses, Goodfellas, 300 uses, Casino, 422 uses, The Departed, 237 uses, and The Wolf on Wall Street, 569 uses. You know, I don't really need a count of how many times they said fuck. What I want is a count of how many times Al Pacino said cocksucker. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Give me those statistics. Give me that, please. <laughs> Give me those so statistics. funny. So funny. Oh man. He was he was a scream. <laughs> that is so, so great. I didn't know whether to laugh or to or to just or to just I don't even know. His 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 character was insane. Yeah. But I liked him. Um Let's see. Do we want to move over to the plot keywords? Sure. I just want to say uh, briefly that every most of the trivia is literally about how much Scorsese has worked with all the other actors and when he worked with them and how many Oscars they have. And it's like, they worked on this together and they worked on this together. And that's like every bit of trivia. <laughs> 
It's funny. Which is okay. still interesting trivia, but yeah, it's mostly just about their, uh, their, uh, not their lineage, but you know, their, their history, their, their resume. History. Yes. Okay. Let's read those, uh, those plot keywords. All right. We've got nonlinear timeline, criminal as protagonist, killer as protagonist, murder, truck driver. <laughs> You know, it should sure. be up. It really should be up there is the union and uh, pushing pushing taxi into water. Yes, pushing is that one of them? Yeah, uh, oh, explosion, yes, prison, ring, delivery oh, truck, that's, wedding. That's the only movie with that as the tagline. Dang it! Uh, truly, not, not all tagline. of these are related. Like you, this could relate to any Scorsese movie. Like any of these, any of these blocky words. <laughs> it's just like any of the Scorsese movies. It's like uh, wedding, Copacabana, uh, long takes. Like what you know, like all that stuff. You know. Yeah. Definitely. There's a lot. There's a lot of these. Oh, man. So those were the plot keywords. And now we've got, last but not least, the Metascore. This got a whopping 94 average Metascore. <laughs> Hot damn. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. Oh, man. What we got here? Got... Quite a few 100s, and then, you know, a lot of 80s. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to read the little IndieWire 100. The Irishman is alive with Scorsese's trademark style. That's it. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Short and sweet. Um, let's see. I do like the Hollywood Reporter 80. Okay. You want to read it or you want me to read it? Uh, I can read it. Okay. It says, Scorsese's choice to make this a standalone feature and not a limited series seems mildly perplexing. Anyone hoping for the propulsive dynamism of, say, Goodfellas or Casino may be disappointed, but The Irishman is also, on many levels, a beautifully crafted piece of deluxe cinema. I'm pretty sure that's how I lie with with this Hollywood reporter. Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty agreeing with that right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree to. Hmm. Trying to see if there's one that speaks to me. I just want one that talks about how amazing Joe Pesci is. That's really all I want. Oh my god. Let's see. He's so great. He <laughs> <laughs> was so good. I can't even get over it. I, I know. He's he was so good. He's so like engaging. You know what? I'm just going to add my own here. Uh, okay. Emily of All By The Popcorn Podcast gives <laughs> Joe Pesci a 100. <laughs> Joe Pesci is amazing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, Emily, you added to the Metascore. I love it. Hey. Hey. Oh, that's great. That's great. All right. Let's move on to uh, to 1917. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, I did not think I was going to get that reaction. Oh, man. Okay, so let's just go on a scale of movies that I absolutely loved. Um, compared to The Irishman, I really loved this movie. I mean, I liked The Irishman. It was fine to me. Not that it's not a good movie, but I really liked 1917. <laughs> I really liked it, too. Of the two, I could definitely see myself watching 1917 again, but, I mean, that also doesn't mean that 
that I probably would. I mean, I'm probably kind of like a one and done kind of war movie watcher. Um, I I partake, but uh, there's a. I did really enjoy it though. I thought it was like the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> like like cinema cinematography wise. Oh, okay. I loved I loved every scene. Yeah. Yeah. Every scene. Yeah. Uh, my my favorite scene by far was was when he was running through those like ruins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What's his name? What's his name? George. Yeah, George McKay. He was running through those ruins and George all those flares were going off. AKA Bay. I swear to God, I love that man so much. He just oh, he is so cute. <laughs> yeah, both of them were very cute. You know, we got you know just just very uh very. Very beautiful people just, in this movie. Just I really mean, beautiful people. Yep. Like, uh, not even... I could, I could name, like, on all ten fingers, like, beautiful people that were in this movie. Yeah. Like, every actor. Everybody. Every single one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Dean Charles Chapman, I don't know if you recognized him, but he is a Tommen in uh, Game of Thrones. Um, and he was also in an earlier movie that we saw this year, um, Blinded by the Light. And also, who was in this movie, if you if you didn't recognize, was a Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, yes. Well, we did recognize that. <laughs> Alex, my roommate, was like, um, my three favorite men are in this movie. And she was referring to uh, Colin Firth and Benedict Cumberbatch and, um, what's his name, um, Andrew Scott. She was like, all yes. three of those men are my favorite men. <laughs> yes. Uh- Oh, Andrew geez. Scott was was really hilarious. Um, so this this movie was very interesting because again, a lot of people were talking about the very long shots. Like it was supposed to, it was supposed to kind of give the effect of a one continuous shot. Now, of course, there were things that happened where they probably cut. transitioned, yes. yeah. and had to cut. Um, but other than that, it definitely felt like one continuous shot and. Um, well, there and was some, a break in the middle when he, just... when he got his head, oh. when he hit his head, like when the guy shot right. him, that's right. when it cut. Like it, that, so it's like two two sides, you know. Well, yeah, and then people were saying that you know if if the camera ever moved upwards, like oh, that yeah. could have been a cut. It, anytime and, you know, it did fading to, anything like, from rope where black. like people come really close to the camera or something like that, like or it changes from inside to outside, like all, all that kind of stuff was definitely. Like there, there was, but but the feeling was that it was a full one, like Birdman. Yeah, definitely, and um, and which I think was uh was very fitting for this movie, just because you're 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 following these soldiers for such a short amount of time. Um, unfortunately, one of them to their death, uh, and just the other one until he succeeds in his mission, and it's just very lingering, very tiring, very excruciating mm-hmm. and and uh, I mean I want to say tense I mean some some scenes were very tense but then it would just be so like they would end up in like such beautiful areas and like beautiful scenes would happen like with him and the and the French woman with like the dot with the kid yeah um, and you know the brief moments they have of just like serenity and then you know back to mm-hmm. blood gore and and war mm-hmm. um so it it kind of had like a very give and take, um, 
in terms of like tension. I don't know. I, I also thought the 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 uh, story was also just very simple. I mean, mm-hmm. it just which is fine. Yeah, I mean, I figured that's the way it was going to be. I don't think it was, like, promising anything more than actually was. And we did, you know, we got just the journey. And, like, and I also really loved how it was just, like, a character study. Like, it wasn't even, like, it didn't, it it, it was about the horrors of the war. Um, but it was also just a, uh, like, a race against time and kind of that, that really, like, thrillery feeling and that that horrible like situation that this man was in and you just wanted him to succeed so it it was mostly about george mckay's character um succeeding and like that that's you know that's what you wanted him to do you wanted him to make it all the way to the end and so he's seeing like all these horrors and terrible things and he's just gone through hell to get to the end you know Right, and all the while, like, eventually just being motivated by, you know, reaching, reaching his, uh, his friend's brother who had, who had died along the journey, mm-hmm. and, you know, cause he, cause he was terrified, like, he didn't mm-hmm. even want to continue at one point, and then mm-hmm. the guy, and then his partner was like, you know what, if you're too scared, like, go back, like, I have to, I have to do this, my brother's over there, and I don't want him to die. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they become close, um... Because it kind of didn't seem like it's he had, like, chosen him. So I guess while they were in the beginning part, everyone had to choose, like, a partner, I guess. And... Well, he, like... He basically... No, he like... He had the, to choose a partner. No. So what happened was, like, the very first scene, you know, we get the beautiful, like, serene... Like, field and field, the and, and then they're sitting there, and he's, like, just taking a nap next to him. And, like, yeah. they're both just, like, taking a nap next to each other. And it just so happened that he was next to him. That he, like picked him and well but later on he said he said why did you choose me yeah so it, because and, and it he chose because him because to him yeah because he was next to him like the guy who told him oh the captain wants to see you he literally was like and choose whoever you want to come with you like that's what he said oh, so like okay. so blake chose showfield because he was sleeping right next to him and he's like all right get up we're going over here and he had no idea that it, it was going to be something like this. You know, and so, like, watching the two men, like, talk to um, Colin Firth in that, like, and, like, try to be serious and, like, not get so scared about this issue. And then, like, Blake just, like, runs out and just, like, completely, like, running through all those men. It's just like, I'm on special mission, I'm on special mission. And he's, like, going towards the front end, the front lines. You know, like, he's so frantic. He, like, really wants to just get to his brother, like, as fast as he can, you know? Um, right. So it was like, they didn't really have time to really think about that what they were doing. And then Schofield was like, wait, wait, we got to talk about this. Like, we can't just walk into no man's land. They're going to shoot us. Like, I don't understand. Like, why don't we wait till it's nighttime? And he's like, no, we can't wait. We don't have time. Like, we have to go now. You know, and it was, it was just, like, very, like urgent in the beginning of the movie and then when they're walking through no man's land too it's so tense yeah and a lot of the movie was was kind of like silent other than like Mm -hmm. some very like you kind of just got noises of what was around you like did did any music play i think there's some music um but it's yeah it's like kind of in and out like the calm scene it's especially in that scene with the uh the flares going up in the ruins. Um, that there was music in that part. That was like a very dramatic music. 
um, where the okay. the flares were going up, and it was like the 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 like it was just like really dramatic like shifts between like amazing and beautiful views of um, the ruins and in the light that was shifting, you know, from one side to the other, um, which was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, which you talked about earlier, and it was like that. That was like a very poignant part of the movie that I think will will have an impact on if it wins an Oscar or not. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and the little saying at the end when it was when so it was it said that it was like, kind of like dedicated, or it was like because of the stories of someone Men- Mendez. So yes, like, Sam Mendez's they- grandfather. <clears throat> so did Sam get these like get this story from from his grandfather or cuz he said like like dedicated to my grandfather who always told us stories about the like was he like was his grandfather in this war probably Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um I mean I'm not really sure what his grandfather did. He didn't say anything. Um it doesn't seem like there's anything in the Okay, wait, let me see. Okay. The film is dedicated to Sam and his grandfather, who was Lance Corporal in the King's Royal Rifle Corps during the Great War. The King's Royal Rifle Corps was an amalgamated into the Royal Green Jackets in 1966, and then Ferger amalgamated into other Redcoat regiments to form the Rifles in 2007. Okay, so he was part of the First War, the Great War. Um... And I just, maybe he just told a lot of really crazy stories, and I don't think it was necessarily this, this thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this, because this event during the war, like, is, is known. Like, it's, it's in, like, the history books, and it's, like, well known. So, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. It just, it, it just, the, the, the little blurb at the end of the movie I don't know, made it seem like he heard the story from someone and then just kind of went with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But all right. Still cool either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I cut this other really funny trivia. It says, Lieutenant Leslie sprinkles whiskey on Showfield and Blake while reciting the player, the prayer, uh, which is uh, Andrew Scott. I love him. Uh, Throw this unholy... Un- Unction, may the Lord pardon thee, whatever sins or faults thou hast committed. And obviously he's doing that because he thinks they're going to die. Um, which was very funny because he's like, oh, hey guys, uh, what you doing now? And he's like, they're like, we need to get across the no man's end. He's like, well, here's some flares. Uh, throw them back if you can, uh, if you're going to get shot at. <laughs> yeah, because they're, we uh, need they're those. really hard to find. They're really hard to find. We really don't want them to get them. Apparently yeah, he, he said was... this, and he's so known for playing the priest in the second series of Fleabag, which, of course, is the best the best television of the year. But um, that's just my opinion. Okay. It, it was really good. I, I really enjoyed watching it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, this... I, di- I thought that just the like you said the give and pull of uh the tense and the more relaxing moments and the, like the beauty moments of how beautiful i think they're in they're in france um i mean how gorgeous is it i just like the cows and the like the, and just the fields and the and the oh and the trees that were blooming and uh-huh. like all of the and how they'd all been cut down like the cherry trees, yeah, oh, it's like so devastating. They were such beautiful trees, yeah. 
They, like, killed all their cows to, like, make sure that no one got to the cows. And it was yeah, just, to like... Have, to have any, like, milk or food or anything. It's, it's just, just ridiculous. It's just, like, watching this, you're, like, so sad that this was, like, an actual thing that people did. It's just... it. I... People, like, still do this shit, and it's horrible. Like, we just... War is so bad. <laughs> it really is. It's just, like, every time we watch a war movie, it's just, like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's why I just don't really... Like, war movies are not are not my go-to when it comes to, like, d- choosing a movie to watch or anything, just because they're always so like depressing and it always just seems like it's on it's all about a past mistakes and things that you just really need to learn from but don't really want to glorify i don't know totally that's the problem yeah and watching war movies i mean we've watched a lot of war movies i mean i just kept saying to my roommate alex she was just like oh my god i you know she wants to see this movie but she was like we went to go see it together and she was like i'm I'm so scared it's gonna be like all the other war films it's gonna be like really hard to watch and i was like listen i think this movie's gonna be really beautiful and it was uh i really really loved it and i gotta say like i would watch it again because it's so gorgeous um i think that this one was a little bit more artsy because of the way that it was told and like how beautiful it was in a lot of ways um but of course like i totally get it like i told her that we watched hacksaw ridge a couple years ago and that movie has like scarred me for life like even though that was a great movie it was so fucking violent and like so gory like i i think about it and i compare it to all the other gory movies i've ever seen and that was just the worst yeah, definitely. It was, and, and and even this movie got pretty gory at some points. We were just like seeing people like yeah. dead bodies stuck to stuck yeah. to the barbed wire and but like and just floating in the but waters. Com- compared and, to Hacksaw Ridge, like I just there was nothing like that movie. That was like horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dead bodies are dead bodies, you know? Like, in this movie, like, True. yeah, he's crawling over the dead people. He's, like, one at one point where they're in No Man's Land, he sticks his hand into that guy's, like, chest cavity, you know? Yeah, after, and you're, after, like, after, after, after cutting just, it. Ugh. After cutting it. And, uh, oh. like, like, I did, like, an audible, like, like oh, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I gasped a that. lot in this movie. I was like, oh, oh, like, oh, like, uh, so many times I made, like, so many horrible noises. Um, and I, we had gotten our seats, like, right in the middle of the road. It was, like, a really tight theater. And, of course, I, I actually didn't drink any alcohol before I saw this movie. But, of course, you know my bladder. Um. Still had to go. I still had to go to the bathroom. And I, it was, like, halfway through the movie. And, uh, the guy had just died. And I was like, okay, I think this is a good time for me to go. And it was, because not a lot happened between when he got on the truck you know, when the guy died yeah, and he got no. nothing, not a lot happened. So I was like, okay, I'm going to leave right now. And of course, like the people around me were so pissed because it was a completely full theater and I just felt so horrible. And I, I turned to my friend Alex and I'm like, dude, you can't buy seats in the middle. This is why you can't buy seats in the middle. Like I'm going to have to get up to pee and I feel so bad. So bad. The lady next to me gave me the worst look I've ever seen from anybody because I had to stand up and go pee. And I was like, I'm sorry, it's an emergency. I literally cannot wait till the end of the movie to go to the bathroom. And I just... 
This is why I have to sit on the edge. I I know I'm going to have to pee, and I don't want to bother people. It makes me feel so horrible. Yeah, man. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I can't I, sit in the middle. I mean, I'm ordering. I mean, it's just, that's, that's what happens. Like, what am I going to do? It's just my body. You know, I can't help it. So that's why, I mean, I sit on the aisle seat every time I possibly can, you know? Yeah. So it's just... That's me. Well, and that's good because then you're then you're just being considerate to to others around you. So I know, but during this one, I didn't even want to leave, and I just I had to I had to be hydrated. What was I gonna do? Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. So, um, there's that video of this movie where the uh, cinematographer is like following George McKay across the fields, and all the bombs are running off, and all the men are running across and stuff, and it's pretty insane. Oh yeah, they were saying that scene was 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 choreographed. Oh yeah, I watched the video. Which, which a lot of people were saying that because of Sam Mendes's uh, like theater background, it kind of showed like in this in this oh, movie. Oh yeah, totally. It was very like yeah, it was very choreographed and very very theatrically like strategic. Yeah, that was <clears throat> that was every single moment of this movie. Every there was so many men like in the trenches and just watching the actors like go between all of the men and and just oh yeah it it was beautiful the actors are great everything was just like it's an amazing war film it's amazing film yeah and that scene with him just like running and just running into people because he's not even looking like none of them were looking like the people running across him weren't looking he wasn't looking and they would just they just bonk into each other and I like couldn't help but giggle some of it because I was like like, how is this happening right now (laughs) yeah and he would just roll and get back up and keep running and I was like oh my god what's happening with all these like bombs flying around him, it was it was Mm -hmm. crazy it was crazy um the Irishman got. 10 uh, Oscar nominations and so did 1917. 10. But no, uh, no, uh, no actor nominations, right? I think it was, this was the movie no. that got nominated for best picture with no, yep. with no best actor or actress or supporting actor or actress. Uh, you know, we'll just we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks, you know? <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> we're just getting so close i want to talk about it already i know Uh. it's really aggravating um but next week we do have our little women podcast uh, and then we will be talking about the oscars so that's the that's the last movie that we have to talk about and it's it's a doozy because we have a lot of stuff to talk about for that one so uh yeah yeah um Um, so let's look at the uh, plot keywords for yep. 1917. Yep. Oh wait, can uh, I just we... can I just mention? Re- okay, you say the plot words, and then I'll just mention it. I'm sorry. It, oh, okay. It, okay. <laughs> the plot keywords for 1917 are one take, World War One, airplane chase, and sniper. Mm-hmm. All right, these are all just aspects of war. Yeah, maybe they like, are. <laughs> maybe like race against time. Like, is there anything like that? <clears throat> no man's land, war violence, stabbing. Oh man! Oh boy! Oh, man, that scene where he just, where he just—he's trying to help the guy, and then he gets stabbed. And I'm just like, why? That, I know that why? was that was I. Why? I totally thought to myself while he was pulling him out. I was like, I know you want to be a good person, but that man is gonna—that man's gonna kill you. Like 
he is not going to be appreciative that you pulled him out of the plane. He's a fucking German. And if we know anything about Germans in World War One and World War Two, they are not about that. They are not about helping the other person. Um, nope, 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 nope. So they are gonna they're gonna turn on you any second that they could get, and uh, even if that means they die. So exactly, yeah. Uh, so what I was gonna say was. Um, when we get to his brother, we get to Blake's brother. Um, I was like, I was sitting next to Alex, and I'm like, okay, who's it gonna be? Which beautiful British actor is it gonna be? And of course, it was Richard Madden. <laughs> Richard Madden. <laughs> Rob yes. Stark himself, also in Game of Thrones. And I was like, oh, y'all are long, bro- long lost brothers, like Tommen and Rob Stark, you know. Oh, just because they were on Game of Thrones together? <laughs> yes! Oh, man. It's funny. <laughs> I will never forget Richard's uh, role in, in Rocket Man. He yeah. He was just... Great. Oh, man. Yeah. He was so great at being terrible. Uh, same, I would say, in Cinderella. I mean, way too much makeup. And... And, and way too much codpiece. Still cute, but <laughs> damn, like plastic looking face for sure <laughs> oh man yeah all right and then we've got uh the metascore which which i only just looked at before we started this and i'm kind of surprised i'm mad i i totally thought this would have gotten at least a high 80 i liked it more than the irishman i really hoped it got higher than that <laughs> um but that's all right whatever I mean, 78's still good, but I, I wonder if someone just, like, really didn't like it that brought it down. Well, the Los Angeles Times gave it a 70, and it says, There are times when the nonstop visual momentum le- lends 1917 the feel of a virtual reality installation, and others when the simulation of raw immediacy slips to reveal the calculated construct underneath. No. You're wrong. <laughs> You're just wrong. <laughs> That that's just not right. That's not true at all. And Los Angeles Times, you were just looking for something to be mad at. I'm sorry. That's just not. This movie's amazing. Let's see. We've got. Um, okay, IndieWire gave it an 83. That's a that's an interesting, like amount. Have yeah. you ever seen like something so random? Yeah. I mean, here, there's a 91. Hmm. Why, why, why do I feel like that's so weird to see? Um, <laughs> IndieWire <laughs> says, The clock is always ticking in 1917, and even as McKay is offering a heartbreaking study in restrained emotion, oh, he's yes, still at babe. least moving towards the end goal of his terrible task. There's no time to pause, even for great beauty, a lesson that even 1917 is often loath to, to honor. That's very nice. Um Yeah. McKay, George McKay is amazing. I literally came home immediately after watching 1917 and I put on Captain Fantastic because he's in that. He is in that. I saw that on his uh, filmography. Great movie. Let's see. Anything else speaking? Uh, I should read to us? The, like, the 100 even though it's, you know, it's kind of short. Okay. It says 1917 in Mendes' most purely ambition and ambitious and passionate picture since his misunderstood and underappreciated jarhead of 2005 it's bold thrilling filmmaking okay there you go i think the ign 95 is really nice 
And also okay. the 91 from Entertainment Weekly because of what they say about McKay. <laughs> Let's see. Entertainment Weekly says, The film belongs to Chapman and more than anyone, McKay, a 27-year-old Londoner with the long bones and baleful eyes of a porcelain saint or a lost Colgan brother. His Lance Corporal Sheffield isn't just a surrogate everyman. He's hope and fear personified and you couldn't look away if you wanted to. <laughs> Leah Greenblatt is in love with George McKay as we wow. all are dude because he is so hot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was super cute. I feel so bad for him because he, he just looks so terrified. I know. Oh. Oh man. And that scene when they were in the when they were in the uh underground like bunkers oh, for the germans was crazy. With, with the rat with oh, the rat god oh. oh my gosh the huge rats and then it like fell on the ground and then and then it was fat enough Tripped to like the move wire. the wire <laughs> to Jesus. the wire oh no <laughs> i know that was bad i was like the what is this the mutant rats in gotham like geez like what's happening i know that was that was so frightening and scary and he had to like pull him out and he had his eyes were like he couldn't see anything and he had to jump oh Oh my gosh yes yes um oh my god it was it was really sweet when they were like walking down the countryside and he was like do you have a family and he's like but basically he was like I don't like thinking about my family because then I know I have to come home and, like, he have to, has to leave. And he, like, choked up for a second and then you're like, oh, he's not going to, he doesn't want to talk about this anymore. And then he, of course, at the very end of the movie, he has the picture of his wife and his, his child. Yeah, in his little, like, tin, tin holding case. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, the pain, you know. And it, it also was, like, not even any kind of relief either because you know that at the end of the movie, like, no matter what, he could just die the next day. It's not like he's, like, safe, you, you know? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like he was done. He was just done with that mission. I mean, he was probably on to another mission, like, back to the front lines. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? So, so hard. <sighs> Man, war movies. They're, they're never... <laughs> They're never any good. They're no, never good. no. They're, they're hard to watch, you know? It's like... They are. Yeah. But you know what? I'm not going to say... It's, it's like, it's hard for us to watch, but living it was much more difficult. So that's why they make the movies, you know? So that we can have, like, a semblance of an idea of what it was even like to be a man and a woman in this situation. And people are still doing that. So it's just... I don't want to give up on more movies because I think it's at least, like our duty to watch and see what maybe people have gone through in this world as humans. Yeah, they're definitely important. And uh, again, being reminded of how terrible war is so that hopefully we never have to do it again. <laughs> Even though <laughs> we're in many wars and, yeah, you know, it's just, <clears throat> I I love it. I love, I love that kind of cinema. And I think this one was definitely awesome, as I've said many times. Yeah, exactly. And if you enjoyed 1917 or The Irishman, please uh, comment or, uh, you know, email us. You can comment on Facebook. Just search All By The Popcorn Podcast and like our page and, you know, leave a comment or message us or email us. You can email us at 
allbythepopcorn at gmail.com or allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email us with suggestions for future episodes. Um, we're kind of sticking with the Oscars right now, but, you know, let us know what movies are coming up that you're jazzed about seeing and want us to talk about, because we definitely will. Um, or just talk to us. We'd love to hear from you and see how you like our show so far. And uh, you could also tell us how you like our show by rate and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. That really helps people find us and uh, find our little podcast if they're looking for another movie podcast to listen to. Mm-hmm. And if you need notifications on future episodes being released, you can follow our social media. We've got Twitter at By the Popcorn and Instagram at All by the Popcorn Podcast. Is that it? I think <laughs> well, you got them all. I think so. And we have merch. Oh yes, the merch. <laughs> oh yes, the merch. Um, this has been fun. Uh, we'll talk to you guys. Next time when we talk about Little Women! Yes! Yay! Thanks for listening. Yes! Alright. Thanks for listening. Bye! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.